Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the voice is her going. Very long and very enjoyable session down at tram lines over the last few days. I'm trying to bring the energy back, guys. How are we doing? Are you okay? Record is so much. We're really sorry that the, uh, the podcast's been a bit skew with lately. Just trying to fit it all in, mate. Yeah, but we've got so much content in the bag now, guys. We're going, we're flying. Uh, I'm off work at the minute. Um, Two weeks holiday. Very much needed. I've been enjoying myself. Uh, Just literally got back from tram lines. Putting this podcast together for you straight away, guys. I know it's been a bit skewed with, but I'm doing my best. Yeah, and today's episode is, it's a bit different too. It's very interesting. It's with John McClaw from Reverend and the Makers. Over the Tram Lines Festival, just before his uh, amazing live show on the main stage of Tram Lines Sheffield. We had a chat with him down at the Wednesday ground. In the dugout. Just sat there, chilling like it's now. And, and I think you always feel like you've you, you've learned something when you speak to John. He's, he's very much that type of character where he's just just so wise about the world. And the whole press conference, because uh, you, you didn't get individual time with him. He, he set it up different, a bit of a spectacle. Uh, so we're all down there, all the press of Yorkshire, all chilling. We all had a couple of questions, and we all went round him, and all got you know some special time. And I really want to share it with you. Really interesting stuff. He's just off. He'll be in Africa now, filming stuff for his new album. Loads of stuff. I start the uh, the interview with a couple of my little shitty questions. <laughs> well, I was just having a bit of fun, you know. Uh, and then we go around the table and just, you know, we find out loads about the band, what's coming up next. Loads of exciting stuff, which is nice. And loads of stuff you probably won't know about yet, because he's just filming it. Which is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, having a chat and working stuff out. So, yeah, thanks to everybody for down at Tram Lines for such a great weekend. Everybody I saw over the weekend. Mwah! Such a good time. Um, I'm still... Still not quite over it. But I'm getting there, mate. Uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to crack on for another great week of podcasting. Sorry it's a little bit late this week again, but, you know, I hope you can understand. 
uh, and here we are for a new podcast. John McClure. How did it make you feel, John? That during a pandemic and the cost of living crisis, that our local newspaper decided to post a story on your net worth. <laughs> um, I thought it was really funny, um, mainly because my actual net worth is um, a fraction of that figure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it must have been a slow news day, but like it, it generated a lot of fun because loads of people were like messaging me like, "Nah, then you need to get <laughs> you need to get bevies in next time I see you four million quid and all this." And I'm like, "Me, I ain't got like four hundred grand in my four, four million. So uh, yeah, yes, whatever it is, just funny. But um, I just want to sort of follow record. Yes. clear it up that I'm not worth four million and if I were you know what I mean I'd be getting me set a new house and that so. <laughs> yeah and I think I think we've all got a responsibility as journalists here to like to improve where we are in life and I think the clickbait kind of mentality thing is really getting on my nerves because it's not fair on our readers uh, to try and serialise this kind of stuff for me uh, I just wondered what your thoughts on it were mate don't really have one really I mean I guess Don't blame I've got a wider thought on journalism full stop I guess which is which is that um, I think there's been a, a lot of inaccuracy it more appertains to politics my views rather than, yeah. than I just think that like uh, without being awfully serious for a minute I think I think like there's a lot of distortions about things that happen in, in it's more on a national level I guess Um and I, I guess that them distortions lead to people holding views that are wrong ultimately and I'm more looking at publications like Daily Mail and things like that yeah. who, who essentially lie don't they and, and they're lying on behalf of billionaires yeah. you know to convince people who aren't billionaires to vote for billionaires which seems to me a bit a bit like wrong really so yeah I think we can we probably can do better in, in, a, in a journalistic capacity but um, yeah, let's I mean, get, let's get better, guys. <laughs> I mean, with regards to like talking about me, me wedge and that, I've not. It doesn't really bother me. I, just, I thought it was funny yeah. more than anything else. So yeah, um, yeah. Thanks, man. Enjoy right. your gig in a bit, nice pal. Thank Thanks, you. pal. Cool. Hey, John. Hey, see you again. Your post. Yeah. So you mentioned you're going in a different direction, sort of musically. Mm-hmm. Snippeted a song on social media. Yep. Suggests that um, you know a different feel. Is it tough to kind of find that balance between attracting new fans and not alienating, I guess, the old fans who know what, you know, the original India roots, I guess, really? Yeah, I mean, I guess I probably went too far on this album for, at first and then, like, came back a bit. But you have to go too far to know how to... Do you know do you understand what I mean? Like, I guess you wouldn't know how far. And then I, I have, like, a, a bunch of people who I play my stuff to. Um, and my cousin Tom... Uh, I use him as a sort of yardstick. He, he works on bins out on me. He's a Sheffield boy. He goes to loads of music. Real music fan. I use him, my brother a bit. I don't think trying it out on music industry people is a good idea because they don't live in real world. They live in, like, dickhead world, don't they? So, ultimately, they're like, oh, yeah, I love it, man. It reminds me of Frank Ocean. I'm like, well, nice one, yeah, but, like, you know, what are ordinary people going to think of it? Um, but, yeah, like, I'm immensely proud of this new thing and it is radically different and the reason it's radically different is because I've, I've changed the methodology of how I make music, which I try to do every few years. 
I always vowed I'd never make the same album twice, and I have done that. Three and four are similar, although three's better. Five and six are similar, although five's better. So this is my new, my latest kind of incarn incarnation, but people said it's all the time, don't they? Like, it's my best album ever. It's my best album ever, by a mile. So, yeah. Awesome. So I know we spoke a few weeks ago and um, you mentioned about the film project, uh, which you were keeping a little mm -hmm. bit under wraps. And I know you were mentioning that there were going to be some things coming out about it soon. Can you just give us an update on that? I can. Still... No, I can give you an update on that. I've, I've blabbed about it on telly this morning, so there's no, no harm in me telling you. I'm, uh, I'm, tomorrow I'm getting on train uh, and I'm going to go to Zambia, wow. overland. Yeah. And um, we're going to be making a bunch of online content. We, mainly TikTok you can follow me on but other social medias if you're not a TikToker but you really should be because I'm, I'm just wild about TikTok I love it uh, hopefully gonna generate a load of footage that's gonna end up in a sort of long form documentary um, but the idea is that I'm gonna be looking at local music scenes along the way um, until I reach a place called Kitway which is one of Sheffield's Twin Cities and it's in Copper Belt of Zambia um, big mining steel industry there and um, they have this scene in the 70s called Zamrock which uh, is like kind of psych rock, Zambian psych rock and, and out, of these, out of this scene there were all these bands and only one guy out of, who were famous out of this scene survived because they were an HIVM epidemic in the 80s and a lot of the musicians from the scene died and there's this one guy, Jigari, so I'm going to go and try and find him. But in the process of that, I'm going to, you know, places like Morocco where they've got the Ganawa music and there's a festival on the banks of Lake Victoria at the source of the Nile called Negi Negi, which we're going to, we're going to, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, uh, Zanzibar. So it's going to be, it's going to be wild, right? It's going to be amazing. So I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Cheers, John. All right, Paul. All right, mate. Obviously, the band recently had a change of personnel with uh, Antonio arriving from mm. Sophie and Giants. I was wondering if it was a coincidence you chose somebody from Little Sheffield Band um, or, uh, and if you had any history of them, basically, to reach that bridge at this point. Yeah, I do have an history with Sophie and the Giants. I um, sort of worked with the band on their first EP, Monsters, um, and we are managed by the same people. So I've had a sort of pre-existing relationship with the band and have known Antonia. Uh, not like super well, but known her for a while. Um, and then kind of when bass um, space came up, I thought, right, you're right, she'll be, she'll be great, you know. Um, and it's made for a nice vibe, because obviously we've had Laura, who's currently taking selfies of our children over there. Um, we've had Laura in band since the beginning. Um, but I think that it's, it's further balance the the gender split in the band which makes for a different dynamic you know you we play a lot a lot of festivals and you will like bands and it's like proper lads 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 and what's always been a frustration of mine is we've been known this largely because of the enemy actually but we've been known as a lad band which which like negates laura's contribution to the band actually i think it, i think there's this idea that unless you're the lead singer your contribution to the band doesn't count if you're female and it fucking does my head in it, it, it infuriates me um so yeah, it's made for a, it's made for a nice vibe because you know having a new member, everybody's sort of like on the best behaviour, aren't they? And they're not like, you know, when you've been in a band with people for a long time, you start showing like the worst sides of yourself a bit, I guess a bit. And so having someone new who everybody doesn't know as well, everyone started behaving a bit, you know, a bit, a bit nicer in band practice and stuff. So yeah, it's been great. Uh, and Antonia's amazing. She's she's um, you know an amazing musician. She's contributed to the BVs and stuff. And um, yeah. 
we, we have we had like two gigs with her now and she's she's smashing it so good good vibes yeah. and because we're talking about the uh, kind of the, the radically differentness I don't know if you would describe that as uh, angry or even like a kind of way but uh, where's that sort of coming from the sort of direction the sort of feeling the, these days the musical direction yeah yeah so what's the, what's the emotion behind it where's that coming from um, well I met this lad uh, called Danny Lafromby who's unlike any human I've ever met before he's a, he's a Wednesday art and, and me and him worked on another project uh, that I was producing and writing for and um, I'd come to know him and the moment I met him we just instantly hit it off and I was like oh my god this guy's amazing and he lives in um, the valleys he's from the valleys right but he's a Wednesday eye. Uh and so he comes up here goes to match and all this me and him just become really good friends and so we started writing music together but the reason I sort of alluded to this before the reason that it's different is because for the first time Danny he was like I'm not really sure about the words and I'm like yeah and I've probably sang every melody I've got to sing and he listened to a lot of ageing indie people and they're doing that same melodic inflection that they do on every record I'm not going to name any names I'm just, like I've heard you do that before mate it's fucking boring so, I said, so on this album I said alright Danny that's what we'll do I'll do all the words and you do all the, li- the melodies and there are me- moments when we've crossed over right of course because we're writing songs so there are melodies I've done there are lyrics he's done but that's been the division of the labour so me and him just I've got this like posh shed in our garden and me and him just went in there for like months on end writing tunes and um, yeah the album is going to be the result of it really Um and yeah, it just works. I don't know what for what reason. There's just you know. And I was talking to Sean from Everly Pregnant Brothers, who I guess is doing that. He's changing the words to to a melody that's already there. And I, I thought, you know, more people ought to work like that because it's a, it's not it's not as tried and tested as a formula. Because people often, when you think of a melody, you'll have the word that comes with it. So it's the first time I've worked like that, but I loved it. It's been amazing, and, and I like. I just thought, the only thing I was sad about is that we had to stop and cap it at a number. You know, you have to, oh, that's 10. We'll have to cap it at that. So I'd like to be able to carry on, really. What was his, how was his name, sorry? Uh, Danny, and then Le, like a French, yeah. and then separate word, from beer, uh, F-R-O-M-B-E. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he's an exotic guy. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, hello, um, I'm Cameron from Gigwise. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Certainly Tramlines has evolved from quite a humble origins to become this sort of monstrous, massive thing it is today. And, and um, I guess, like, as a native Sheffielder, that's amazing for me because because I remember a time we had nothing like that. We had music in the sun uh, for a while, which I like. It. Don't you remember it, yeah? And I remember going there and, and the Long Pigs played and uh, Sea Fruit and a bunch of other bands. And, to us, they were superstars. You know, they, in reality, they probably weren't, right? But like, we were really excited about it. But I remember there not being anything like that. And, and, and in an aspirational sense, there's then nothing for young bands to look up to because they think, well, where are we going to play? Whereas I, I, I know for a fact, because a lot of young artists have told me, like, tramlines, 
young kids will see it and they'll think, fucking hell, I want to play that. I want to be up on that stage. And I think that's important because it, it gives them like a... That thing about representation, you, you, you need to see people in society who, who feel like you, don't you? Right? And I think seeing local people up on that stage as a young, as a young artist, you think, fucking hell, I could have a go at that. Um, sorry, I forgot the second half of your question. Oh, um, so first half was, in what way do you think, say when you started out, like about 15 years ago, like music festivals have evolved since your inception yeah. to where you are now? You were saying about, no, sorry, the other bit, you were saying about independent festivals, oh, right, yes, yeah. of course. Um, how important do you feel the independent festivals are to the likes of like the bigger ones like Reading and Leeds? Like? I think they're very important. I mean, obviously, Tramlines has always been very good at getting like a sort of representing local music, but also like having a diverse roster. I think some of them big corporate festivals, I think they're better this year, but you've seen the last few years, there's just loads of fellas playing. There's loads, loads of like samey kind of music. And I think some of them big corporate festivals, they're just for the money. And I'm not saying like that's not a consideration for tramlines because it evidently is, but like I think some of the smaller festivals are more willing to take a risk or do things that are a bit sort of left to centre. So I think it's good that not everything's owned by the big kind of you know the big guys, fat, fat cats. But equally, you know, they've all got the place, and I think it's it's just good for Sheffield because I think not everybody not everybody wants to go and sleep in a tent and get covered in shit. Do they they want to like be able to like go to park and go home at the end of the day and have a wash. So tramlines is perfect for that. So long may it continue. Um, one last small question. Um, you may very well be aware that the existence of the lead mill is mm -hmm. currently under threat. Um, what's been your history with the lead mill and how has it helped you as a band? Oh God, I mean, Jesus. Um, I, I wouldn't, I guess, be, you know, we were talking about before about that aspirational thing. My thing was to play the lead mill. That was a thing, weren't it, as a kid. If you played the lead mill, you've made it. So me, I've made it like years ago because that were it. And, and just the history of the place I mean even from the Esquire days in the 60s right up to modern day it's just an amazing place and, and obviously we need to protect that I think it, that's agreed upon by everybody you know um, whatever the ins and outs and the politics of the what's going on at the minute I think it's commonly agreed we need to protect it and sometimes you need that fear of losing something to realise how important it is you know and, and I mean my history goes way back I, I got thrown out I've been thrown out twice I got thrown out at a Joe Strummer and the Mescalaro's gig when Don Letts were DJing. I got thrown out by, this be a Greek bouncer who was seven foot. Remember him, that big seven foot dude, and he, he threw not, me out of a Sugar Hill gang gig. Not Lev, is it Lev? I'm not comment what they called him now, but yeah, he, he like threw me out like that. Obviously we played there a bunch of times and, and shared the stage on some pretty sort of important gigs in the history of the band. Um, I love it, it's great. So yeah, long mate, continue. Brilliant, thank you very much. Thank you. Hello. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, uh, so, obviously, what you're talking about, where you're filming, going to Africa yeah. and, and looking at local scenes, you're obviously quite into that. I wondered what you think makes Sheffield so um, unique, what makes Sheffield's music scene so um, diverse and stuff. Um, I think, firstly, the history. Obviously, British Electronica started here, so you've already got that sort of foundation of it being an important musical city, you know, going back to the Polytechnic and Cabaret Voltaire, Human League, Evan 17, Artery, all them bands, real important in the, in the history of British music. I don't know if you've seen that British Electronica documentary, but they all revere uh, Sheffield as a, as a place, and I think you have to think about how Philly put, Phil Oakey looked as well. He looked 
incredibly sort of androgynous and quite effeminate and I think in them days when you would get your head kicked in in Sheffield looking like that that set a tone that you could you could sort of do anything and I think that stayed in Sheffield music I don't like from that time where you could you could just and, and what happens is you get this weird thing where you'll get simultaneously existing scenes because you can do anything because there's no sort of prevailing I guess in other cities they have a sound whereas there isn't that in Sheffield you can you can genuinely do anything right so you get Bring Me The Horizon but you can also get like Everly Pregnant Brothers or, or Arctic Monkeys or whatever it is you know and self esteem I think you can have like all them things can coexist and Richard Orley thinks it's something to do with Little Mexter so Years ago, you'd have a forge that everyone would share, and like Carl would go off and make chisels, and I'd go off and make hammers, but we'd share this central forge where we'd all melt our metal, and all he thinks it's... I mean, it's probably nonsense, but it sounds good, doesn't it? That you, you, you can it, Everything coexisted in its own little space at once, and that's something to do with history of place. I don't know. I, I Me, I, I put it down to people. I think, I think Sheffield people are warm, and, and they're friendly and they're welcoming and I think that fosters a great music scene we have the highest proportion of alumni who stay in the city after uni of anywhere in the country and there's a reason for that and I think it's the people obviously the Peak District's beautiful whatever but it's the people right and I think that's what makes the music scene so yeah, yeah it's, fearless, it's, fearless. it's wicked um, do you have any like local upcoming bands from Sheffield that you that you sort of yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff. Obviously, there's always uh, stuff happening, but I guess um, Sophie in the Giants, we mentioned, she's doing really well. I think she's gone on and had, like, a number one radio hit of the summer in Europe. But my guy, I'm mean, really into it, I mean, it's Frankie Beetlestone. Um, last year, I was tipping Sea Monsters. This year, I'm going to tip Frankie Beetlestone because he's been on Radio 1 a bit, Frankie. He's from Ooterbridge. I'm from Greenwich, so he's only from bottom of our road. My mum knows his mum. It's a bit of that, right? I can't piss up your entry, as we say in Sheffield. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's great, Frank. Yeah, he's good. He's got this tune, Tilt 4, that I'm, I'm totally obsessed with and love. So, yeah, he's me. He's me tip. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and we're Charlie and Alex from Forge Press. Uh, much more to ask, we just talked about Ledmore early. And obviously, yeah, there is a risk it could close out. Are you quite worried for the sort of Sheffield music scene in general if it does close out? What do you think? Venues like Cinema Tilda and stuff coming up the ranks with like Portus leading that and stuff. Do you think its future is quite bright for Sheffield? Sheffield will always be alright because it's a musical, cultural place but you've got to protect your history and I put a tweet out with slightly in jest but I mean it, is, is if you flatten Leadmill we'd become fucking Reading you know what I mean, like a city of ring roads you know what I mean, like who wants that, like nobody and I think like, you have to protect these places, I mean you go to Manchester and the Hacienda is now a block of flats right and they all, you know for how much they go on about their legacy and their history, you've flattened it you've literally built a load of flats on it and I think we've got to protect these places um, and and uh, it's very complex because I don't think the person who owns the lead mills entirely innocent in it. But the people who've bought the lease, I don't know what they're thinking. They can you can't just come in and sort of ride roughshod over people's feelings and emotions. Uh, things like the lead mill, they occupy football clubs are the only thing that are similar. They occupy like an emotive space in people's minds and their hearts, and you can't just get hold of them and run them as if they're a supermarket because they're not. They're emotive and people get upset, viscerally angry actually, if, if, you, if you fuck with that. You know what I mean? So you've got to, I think you've got to respect that. And I think hopefully, you know, some wise heads will prevail and they'll work this out because what's the alternative? Like a lot of angry Sheffield people, nobody wants that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, we were saying like we could lose these buildings, but like you were saying, there'll always be people of Sheffield. Yeah. When you play your Sheffield kids, 
gigs do you feel a difference from the crowd because it's your home crowd oh yeah but there's a pressure as well in that because obviously you're nervous aren't you everybody you've ever met's there um, I mean tram lines is funny because I get these I get these messages like hey up it's Jeanette collects mum uh, you couldn't get me four tickets for tram lines could you and I'm like A I don't know who collects B who's Jeanette and C tram lines has already started like this morning like what am I going to do now and uh, it, like my inboxes are full of that stuff and it's funny really I, it makes me laugh because I think to myself like folk are crackers what do they think like what do they think it is like I'm just waiting for like oh yeah you know what I mean equally you don't want to be like Billy Big Bollocks, do you? Like being like aloof or whatever. Um, but yeah, once you get on stage, oh yeah, it's the one. It's amazing. Just the rain. It's the only consideration. That's slightly like, I'm hoping people just won't give a shit and it'll be a party. And for whatever reason, our gigs have become, all right, kid. Uh, our gigs have just become a big party for, for Sheffield, really. So like, yeah. I feel very bl- you never think you're going to be in a band at 40 you know what I mean you think you're going to be like back to grind and, and I'm just feel like lucky that I'm still here doing it really and, and get to do things like go to Zambia and play festivals and what have you so yeah good vibes thank you, thank you. Hi, hey, I'm Brogan from Unlimited you, you have done a video for me calling my dad a dingle before so I've, oh remember. right ok is he, <laughs> is he, is he a Barnsley lad he yeah. is okay. a um, so Basically, a lot of my questions have been answered, but one thing that I just wanted to go into a bit more is you've talked about what she- what tramlines means for sort of local artists mm-hmm. and Sheffield music scene. But why do you think Sheffield uh, tramlines is so important for Sheffield as a whole to have this in our city? Well, it's the economics and above, above all else, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's the cultural side of it, which is amazing because there's loads of great stuff to go and watch and to see. But but it's the economics of it, right? Because everybody's going to buy a burger. They're all going to buy a pint in there but they're going to come out and buy a pint probably they're going to buy a kebab they're going to get a taxi home they're going to stay in hotels they're going to use public transport all that sort of stuff so it's just the the economic boon that it gives to the city because you know there's a cost of living crisis and and people are skinned so it's good anything that brings money into the city is a good thing right and we have to celebrate it welcome it and not only that as a city you want to look open don't you You want to like you're open for business and and you're a you're a cool cultural space you know what I mean and and I like to think one of the th- one of the things apart from its steel manufacturing that Sheffield is is famous for is its music and its culture you know we've got warp films here and and, and a bunch of amazing like uh, bands and and solo artists and stuff so I think it's um it just when you're communicating with the outside world, it just makes Sheffield look like a, a great place to be. And I, I, I know this because I talk to people who come to uni here and they're like, that was the reason I came. Yeah, I mean, I've stayed, you said earlier about graduates staying mm-hmm. and it's the yeah. highest retention. I've stayed, all of my friends from uni are my still wife here. Like yeah. everyone yeah. I know Mine too. Mine is too. like, yeah. I came to uni here and I stayed and I think you're right, it's that in Sheffield, anything goes right, like you said, yeah. like you can yeah do whatever you want there's something for everyone there's not just an indie music scene there's then you've got stuff like hope works and dryad works and you mm-hmm. know there's so much that people can do with i think the city is so welcoming for everyone i've been working with this uh, young trans artist who's from south africa he's called noah and he said to me that he said i was a bit scared of coming to sheffield because i you know the north and whatever whatever and he, uh, he came here to work with me and to do some music and stuff. And he was like, oh my God, he goes, people are like really lovely and welcoming and it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it is. And I think there's that misconception of Sheffield as this sort of 
brutalist northern city where like it's a bit scary and stuff and it's when people get it it's literally the opposite right so like my wife her sister her parents they've all moved here we also have the most trees of any other western european city and people don't know this people think it's just going to be like factories and and do <laughs> it's not it's, the, it's literally the opposite yeah. right and i think like hopefully things like tram lines people come here to visit right and when they come here and visit they might stay for a few days and it's only after that time that you're like oh shit yeah what a tune by the way um <laughs> got a banger um so yeah you know i think i think uh i'm a, I'm a massive tram lines fan and uh, and uh, you know i, I think uh, it's just amazing I'm, I'm always just sad when it's over although i will admit to one thing is that when i'm not playing here i get FOMO really bad and I'm really yeah. miserable because I'm always looking at bands thinking I want to be up there so whenever I'm playing the year I'm playing I'm happy then you know perfect thank you so alright what's that Steve Bracknell like in real life right wanker no he's alright no he's good actually I've, I've just persuaded him to get on TikTok because he's obviously he gets loads of traffic with that uh, so he's going to start TikToking so yeah get ready alright cheers John thank you very much cheers cheers yeah, thanks to John for spending that half an hour with us all. It doesn't hold back. Never has done. Love that about the guy. And you don't, you do, you, I bet you've left, left, can't speak. I bet you've learned something today as well. Which is what it's all about, isn't it? So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to France now for a few days just to relax and not do anything. Uh, but I'm still going to get a podcast out for you next week, okay? I promise you. And it will be a new, it'll be new content. I promise you. So, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next Monday. Let's get this podcast back up and running on full speed. Really appreciate your time. Pop on to the uh, Twitter page. RGM Pod. That's the first place where you'll see all the news and everything. I have announced that there's going to be a little delays and stuff. So that's, that's where it's all been on there. Um, enjoy a full week of music we'll be back on Monday for a brand new podcast guys do pop on to RGM as well uh, so much con- uh, tr- festival content at the minute Blue Dark Tram Lines more stuff from Tram Lines coming Truck Fest we've got a full review enjoy the magazine let us know how you're getting on earn a few quid and I'll see you next week ladies and gentlemen thanks for your time Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. 
and thank you for your support and we'll see you next week